Welcome to Nothing Confidential, the podcast. I'm Kristen Henke, your hostess with the mostest, guide from the side, and mistress of ceremonies. Together, we're about to explore and deconstruct the shame and stigma surrounding our sexuality. You heard that right. We're going deep on the topics of sex, relationships, spirituality, health, and everything else that impacts our ability to live, love, and orgasm freely. My hope is to shine a light on our shared experiences by normalizing taboo topics and empowering each of you to reclaim autonomy of your pleasure, your bodies, and your lives. You are now entering a judgment-free zone where I ask all the uncomfortable and embarrassing questions for you. Our unofficial mantra is be curious, not judgmental. So leave your inner prude at the door or strap her in tight because this is happening. Hey guys, today on the show, I am really excited to introduce you guys to my friend, uh, Dr. Lauren Grace. She is an acupuncturist who specializes in functional medicine. She is also the owner of Wellness Center Sarasota Integrative Health, and she is the co-founder of HealusHealth.com, which is an online health platform and supplement line. Um, Lauren is super passionate about exploring and teaching the mind-body connection focusing on how our physical health affects our emotions and how our emotional state affects our physical well-being. She is seriously one of my favorite people to nerd out with on the topic of hormones. So we are going to be dipping our toe into that because I have gotten a lot of questions recently about sex drive um, in younger women. So my gals who are between 25 and let's say 35, um, some of you are struggling with your sex drive and you've been asking me what the deal is with that. So I thought I would bring on Lauren to dig into all of that and just talk about how our environment and uh, our products and all of these different things affect our adrenals and how our adrenals affect the rest of our hormones. We all know that if every single woman on earth's hormones were balanced, we would probably have world peace. So excited to give you guys um, a taste of this. This is a big conversation. So We bring up a lot of stuff. I'm definitely going to link resources and goodies in the show notes for you guys at the end, but I just don't want you to get overwhelmed. So listen, take notes, write down stuff uh, if it is helpful, but just use this as kind of the, the bridge into a deeper inquiry on what's going on in your body and, and just ask questions. Start at start at one place, pick one thing to focus on and start on and just go from there. My obsession with hormones has been about five years in the making. So all these things that we're chatting about, this is stuff that I have learned over those last five years. So it's not something that I figured out in a day. And I just, I I want to give you guys the resources to play Sherlock Holmes with your own hormones. So Excited to share all of this with you. Dr. Lauren is thebomb.com. Can't wait for you to hear how smart and hilarious she is. And we're just going to jump right into it. All right. Dr. Lauren, thank you so much for being on Nothing Confidential, the podcast. Thank for, you for having me. Of course. So for all of my listeners, uh, Dr. Lauren and I are friends in real life, which is always helpful. I'm always giving them like the down low on whether I connected with my guests like over the internet or whatever. 
Lauren is one of the few that we've actually spent time together in person and hung out and done work projects and things together. Um, she is a brilliant, brilliant woman, acupuncturist, uh, has become a scientist of sorts and a chemist. Uh, <laughs> her life partner, um, also a doctor, is a phenomenal um, physician and their, the work that they do is incredible and I'll let her share a little bit more with you guys about that. So Lauren, would you just like give them a brief background of what you're currently doing, um, how, what you and Brian are working on and go ahead and give them an overview of Helis Health. Cause I'm totally going to plug that at the end. Awesome. Yes. Uh, thank you. So I am an acupuncturist. That was what I was trained in. And, um, once I started my acupuncture practice, I really wanted to expand it more into integrative medicine. Uh, met my partner, Brian, who's been a naturopathic doctor for 27 years or something like that. Um, he had a very big practice in his time um, and had like over 10,000 patients and like basically was like the integrative medicine guy. So uh, that was a nice little package I got. I got the, the boyfriend and the education in one mm-hmm. um, and then the business. So I told him, teach me everything you know. I started doing more integrative medicine at my practice in addition to acupuncture. And uh, Brian's had his own formulas for years. So uh, we started to kind of put together his healing system that he had come up with, um, his different formulas, and really wanted to basically take what we would do in the practice for someone coming in individually and put that online so that anyone could access this because integrative medicine is very expensive. Um, we don't, you know, no integrative doctor really takes insurance. So um, they, it's a very expensive thing to do. And we really just wanted to take what we do in the practice, put it online, put the education out there for everyone. And that's what we're in the process of doing. We've started. So that's where um, Healus Health was born. So our company Healus. And uh, yeah, we have a lot of, we do a lot of detoxing, a lot of cleansing, a lot of gut health. That's a big focus of ours. Um, Brian does a lot with hormones. So uh, we have a bunch more formulas we're putting out. So we're just kind of in the mix of it of, you know, getting that going, putting out the education. Um, and it's been going great. Yeah. And their cleanses are amazing. They, you guys have five major like system cleanses. Um, and it correct. It's uh, digestive liver. You've got a tox, like a toxic heavy metal one. Yeah. And then um, what, what are the other ones? Remind we have me. You've a, got a parasite also cleanse mm-hmm. and candida. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Parasite and candida. So pretty much uh, anything that is ailing you, there is a cleanse for, and they're badass. And their protein powders are actually, this is not even a sponsored spot or anything. Like this is legit. Their protein powders are one of my favorite ones just because of the ingredients. They're so clear. They don't have a bunch of fillers or crap in them. Um, And they taste great and they have awesome names. So I'm just excited to uh, plug you guys into that in the end of the show. That has very little we're going to talk about other stuff, but that needed to be said right off the bat. Um, so also your, she said her partner, so he's her business partner. He is also her partner in life and romantic partner. So she, she did mention that briefly, but which, uh, came first, Lauren? I don't remember. Did you guys like so, become a couple first? And then you were like, tell me all your ways or tell me, tell me all your like, ways. And then you got, yeah, I, it was, uh, <laughs> we met at a, a dancing thing, like a ballroom dance thing that. Um, I don't, uh, I, at the time I was not a dancer. My girlfriend dragged me to it. Brian is a dancer. He likes to do ballroom dancing. He's been doing it for years. 
so I was dancing with him. And one thing led to another as far as conversation goes. So I was immediately like, thought he was a player off the bat. Was like, 100%, <laughs> this is like confirmed bachelor player, but I want to learn what he knows. Um, so we got together, um, I think one more time, just on like kind of an educational sort of friends, get to know each other, um, learn from each other. And then the attraction was building from there and I was pushing it away because I was like, this guy's such a player. I cannot go down this route. <laughs> and uh, one thing led to another chemistry hormones took over um, and everything happened actually really fast from him being like, well, I'm in a different point in my life and a relationship would, you know, be nice right now. <laughs> so he got rid of the player bachelor thing and uh, we actually like moved my practice into a bigger space. And like everything was a whirlwind of it happened within a, with almost within six weeks, I would say oh, from us amazing. getting to know each other, starting to date, deciding it was serious and the business side of it was happening at the same time. So yeah. And that was how long ago now? Oh, uh, just about six years. Yeah. And y'all, Brian is a silver fox for show. So yeah. <laughs> but I but I will throw him under the bus a little bit because it is one of my favorite um, things that we've talked about where like, obviously on this show, we talk all things sex graphically all the time. And Lauren and I have had conversations about like sex with older guys, right? Because I dated, you know, several older guys. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was like, transformative because, you know, I came out of my like overly churched homeschooled shell and was like, oh, this is what is possible. Um, whereas, you know, Brian was very confident in his skill set, which he had apparently gotten positive feedback on a lot uh, in the, from previous partners. And Lauren had to kind of set him straight on some like anatomy and things. She was like, maybe this is the first time you've been with a doctor, but let me tell you, <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you what is actually great and what is not. <laughs> you know, it's so funny because see, I could see the skill set; it was totally there. Yeah, and um, we've talked about this before. He was under Brian likes to embellish, mm -hmm. is what I call it, embellishing. <laughs> um, so he would talk about how well every woman I've been with has like twenty orgasms during sex, <laughs> or like multiple <laughs> orgasms. <laughs> And, and I wasn't because I just refused to fake it. Yeah. And I, you know, he's talking about during intercourse specifically. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, let's get some facts about that. Considering the fact that the majority of women actually don't orgasm during intercourse. Mm -hmm. They usually need some sort of clitoral stimulation. And depending on the position, that doesn't usually do it. It's usually not enough. Yeah. Um, obviously, there are some lucky women that can get off them. That's great. Good for but you. That's only like 30% uh, yeah. guys. Yeah, like I think the, the latest thing, 70% of women need external clitoral stimulation in order to orgasm um, with yeah. penetration. So that's totally, yeah. So <laughs> my yeah. last girlfriend orgasmed for three days straight <laughs> <laughs> with just my penis. <laughs> And then I literally had to do a, like when Harry met Sally and explained to him um, how faking it works mm -hmm. and, and how convincing it is, how convincing and how easy it is. And he was like, Oh, he's like, Oh no. He's like, this is a, this is a little disturbing. I'm just going to need a minute. Yeah. <laughs> and luckily he has the whole stimulation thing down and that was an easy, um, easy adaptation in our relationship. But I've been in relationships before where it was not, I mean, the guy was like, there's something wrong with you. 
and you're like, yeah, like oh, okay sure no, it's me hey. <laughs> you're like no it's definitely not our uh our societal like soft porn that we see in chick flicks uh, where everybody like orgasms together against the wall in four minutes like yeah totally yeah oh yes the education <laughs> mm-hmm. I remember the first time I I had the thought of like I mean, it's happened many times since, but as I was coming into awareness about how things are portrayed uh, poorly in media about sex and orgasm, it was while I was watching uh, Atonement with the, what's his name, James McAvoy, I think, and Keira Knightley. Oh, it's a really yeah. like intense, um, sad movie, but there's this like famous sex scene in it where they literally are like in the library and he like unbuttons his pants and like hikes her dress up and screws her up against like a ladder in the library. And they both <laughs> orgasm really strongly together in like two minutes. Yeah. Impossible. Um, just in time for someone to like, you know, see them doing it, of course. And I was just like, uh, number one, like standing like that. Does anyone know how hard it is to get a penis in a vagina while you're standing like that? Like, does anyone get that? That whole like ballerina dancer pose or whatever. It is not the most comfortable. Like that's an athletic feat, basically. It's just kind of like, ooh, let me show you how far I can put my leg up your shoulder. But as far as actual penetrative like orgasm happening, that is one of the hardest ways to make that happen of all time. Like, unless you have a turbo wand in his tuxedo pocket, like that was not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you guys had open dialogue about that, which I would say is another positive of being with an older guy. The ego situation, like it still exists, but they are um, in my experience, it was always easier to be articulate without them taking it personally. Like they've had enough life experience to be like, Oh, this is going to make it better. Like, let's have a conversation real quick and get through with it. It wasn't like, she's saying I'm terrible and I don't know what I'm doing and whatever. So that's what, that was a yes. plus too. It really, really helps. Um, cause he does not get offended or hurt or by anything, any direction I give anything I say. Um, and that's a bit unusual. I mean, he's just, oh, yeah. he just really is very confident. So it doesn't, it doesn't bruise his ego, which is incredible, <laughs> which is magical. <laughs> I love it when my friends are having good sex. It makes me feel just really personally satisfied as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I want everyone to have great sex. Um, so they bonded over there. So, oh, there he is. Speak of the <laughs> devil. Uh, they, you guys can't see, I'm sorry. There's no video. <laughs> It's just audio, but you guys bonded over, um, chemistry and a deep understanding of hormones. So for all the people, Lauren is one of my like go-to hormone gals. Like there have been times where like, she's the one that I text. So everybody boxes and texts me and then I have to text Lauren. That's like how the chain of hormones goes. Um, tell me a little bit about why, uh, you got into hormones specifically and what we're going to kind of go into is I've had a lot of women reach out to me about, I mean, multiple things. Like we know that our hormones get jacked with when we have kids and when we, you know, go through grief and when we menopause and all of, all of these things. But recently I've had a lot of young, like healthy women reaching out to me about the relation between hormones and sex drive. And so I definitely want to go down, I want to foray into that with you. Um, but give us a little like background into your like nerdiness around hormones, because I know how much you love them. And then we'll get really specific. So yeah, hormones was actually like almost a reluctant subject for me because I was on the pill for 16 years personally. And when I got off the pill, I basically just didn't have hormones <laughs> at all. 
<laughs> and it was very much just thought it was like an, a difficult, annoying, you know, sort of thing. And the pill just took care of it. And now I really almost didn't want to deal with it. But being in the integrative medical field, I had to, because I learned that it was so pinnacle for all my patients' health, men and women, um, but especially women, because our hormones are more complicated, that it's not only like physical aspects that the hormones affect in our body, but a lot of it is mental and emotional. And that's so important to the healing process. So hormones are something that we discuss always in the beginning with someone and we know it's going to change and evolve, but we try and get a good grasp on what each person's hormones are doing. And so I've learned a lot just from working with so many different people. And it's very interesting, the age range, because I'd like to say that there's a specific pattern, but I have, you know, women in their late 60s, early 70s with super high sex drives. And I have, you know, women in their 30s with none. Um, and it definitely seems to be our female hormones in particular are very individual to what's going on with the rest of our body, what's going on with our environment. Um, they change frequently. So it's something that I just sort of became very interested in what are the signs that like, how can we educate someone on this when everyone's so different? You can't just put out a standard, you know, this is what progesterone is doing in your body because your progesterone might be very different, you know, might be acting in a different way than mine is because of the levels and because of how much estrogen you have. And so, you know, how can we educate and teach people to get to know their own body more? Because that's really the only way to figure out your hormones is to get really, really in touch with your own body. I think of the hormone system as those, you remember like in the eighties and nineties, it was like a really big deal to set up those little like marble systems with like pencils and funnels and like weights and pulleys and all these things. It was kind of like the yes. ultimate domino situation where you like hit one little thing and then like 48 things happen. And yes. so, you know, each of our bodies is like that, but every time one of us experiences a symptom, it's something totally different. Like it's a, it's a totally different, like one, um, you know, funnel came unhooked for one person and either the marbles all fell out the bottom for the other person. You know, it's just like, it could potentially be any of these like multiple things. And there's so many possible combinations that it's hard even to, you know, it's like, yes, there are, there are books on it and there are great ones, but it's like to say that someone wrote the book on hormones, it's like, that's, that's a very small piece. It's like the best that that can do. And the power in that is that you get language and perhaps there's enough um, information in there for you to start noticing similarities between like what they're describing and what's going on with you so that you can begin an inquiry about it. Like that's, that's the gift of those, but you know, just getting a book on hormones is not always going to, you know, help you if you're having a struggle with that. Um, so let's say that for a young woman, cause I've gotten like an influx of questions about this recently where we'll just like set it up super clean in this scenario there is no uh, known history of physical or um, psychological trauma of any kind uh, contributing to the situation. And they haven't recently had a baby. They're pretty fit. They're healthy. They probably do exercise, you know, a good amount. Um, but they're experiencing low sex drive in their relationship and they still feel connected to the person. They love the person, but it's just like they cannot get it up and go. What is, what is happening? 
potentially, like obviously given all that stuff we just said, like, it's not going to be like, this is what it is for everyone, but what are some of the biggest things that could be going on? So I'll say the biggest thing that typically happens, especially with younger women is how the adrenals affect our hormones. So females, we have progesterone, estrogen, and testosterone. And when they are working in balance, when we have enough testosterone, all those things, we're going to have like a pretty healthy sex drive. Now our adrenal glands, which are in charge of regulating stress in our body, they are in charge of our sleep cycle, um, the fight or flight response, that's all adrenals. They are also in charge of actually putting out over 50 hormone cascades in the body, which means basically they're the signal for the hormones. So the body works on signals with hormones. So the adrenals basically signal to the brain, it's time to release some progesterone, it's time to release some estrogen, it's time to release some testosterone. They're kind of in charge of dictating that cycle and that pathway. And a common uh, issue that a lot of people are dealing with now is adrenal fatigue, which is typically due to just stressful lives. And stress can be a variety. I mean, it can just be work-related stress, family, relationship stress, but it's also just kind of the high technology and the lives that we're living. We are busier than we have been. Um, a lot of the technolo technological advances, which have made our life easier, also kind of run our adrenals. So for instance, every time we get a notification on our phone, it actually like stimulates our adrenals. Um, and we know we get a lot of notifications unless you turn them off like me, <laughs> but otherwise you're probably getting a lot. And so if you think about every time you're looking at that, it's actually acting as a stressor in your body. It's not that you're stressed about the notification mentally in your mind, but your body is looking at that as like, we have to do something. They're, okay, that's telling us something. What do we have to do? And that starts to put out cortisol. That starts to, uh, which leads to whole other issues of shutting down your immune function, gut health, uh, can lead to weight gain. But it just kind of starts your body on this pattern of like high alert. And then your adrenals can only really do that for so long. So if, you're, you, if you have that on top of just a stressful day, stressful life, um, big work project going on, what, whatever the stressors are, you're going to start taxing the adrenals. And this is when we have something called adrenal fatigue come in. Adrenal fatigue is the crash. So adrenal fatigue is when you are tired for no reason. Um, when you lose kind of your energy, your momentum. Um, I always say for women, we also kind of lose our inspiration, a bit of a creative drive, depending on what type of field you're in. And the first thing that'll go is your sex drive because it's not that important to your body. So your body, in a sense, is always trying to take care of the most important things, the most important organs. Your hormones, you can get away with sort of like diminishing those a little bit. So this is where we've probably, I think almost every woman has had a time where we've gone through something very stressful and it's actually thrown off our cycle where our period comes early or it comes late or it's like does something weird for one month. Usually that's because something stressful happened um, that really the adrenals just kind of shut down for a second and just screwed up our hormones. And uh, typically because we're living our lives uh, like this for a longer period of time, even when we do try and do healthier activities like meditate and things like that, um, we can be running on adrenal fatigue and not even really realize it, which is going to automatically lower our sex drive. 
um, that's, that's one of the big things that does it. And then bringing your whole integrative approach full circle, talk about the, uh, the foods and other elements that we indulge in that also stress our adrenals on top of it. Oh yes. So coffee, coffee, one of our number ones, um, you know, sugar, things like that, but mostly coffee. So caffeine, um, one of the reasons why caffeine works and is so wonderful is because it stimulates our adrenals, which like also wakes up our brain. Um, and it's, can be used in moderation if your adrenals are healthy to kind of like keep them healthy. But typically caffeine in general is going to tax your adrenals. If you can balance it out with other things, then you can probably continue to drink coffee. However, if you do feel like you're experiencing adrenal fatigue, that's one of the first things that I have my patients take a break on is coffee. Um, you know, doing some matcha, green tea, which, you know, still has caffeine, but is not quite as strong is a great substitute. And sometimes I like, I'll just tell people to cycle it. Uh, it, you have to kind of know where you're at with your adrenals and the adrenal fatigue level just by really, again, getting in touch with your own body, figuring out what's my level of fatigue. Am I drinking this coffee because it feels good and it gives me joy? Or am I drinking this coffee because I am so tired and it's two o'clock and I'm not going to get through the day if I don't drink this? If the latter half is you, that's a good indication that your adrenals are fatigued. And unfortunately, the coffee, while it might give you a little push of energy in the long run is actually just lowering your adrenals again and again and kind of taxing them. It's like counterintuitive. You're like, I'm dying. I'm tired because I have chronic adrenal fatigue, but I don't know it. So I'm going to be like guzzling coffee to stay alive. And that is like cycling back and screwing me. (laughs) Yes. Um, yeah. And, and I like, uh, what you said about, uh, about the cycling of it, because for a lot of you, like put down your pitchforks, like we're not saying that you shouldn't like ever have coffee again. Like people get real worked up about that. Um, but you know, you do need to pay attention to what's going on with your body and, and be able to identify when something is affecting you. I definitely used to be a caffeine junkie, like hardcore and, I think I was 23 when I found um, a lump in my boob that seemed like overnight that freaked me out, went to the gynecologist, um, you know, for an exam. And he was like, so do you drink a lot of caffeine? And I was like, uh, yeah, at the time I was drinking three venti, um, like espresso, like triple espresso, like foams, <laughs> foams or something from Starbucks, like at work. And he was like, okay, do you have a stressful job? Yes. Which is why I was drinking all that coffee. Um, he was like, basically he goes, the good news is based on all of your other vitals and everything. He's like, it's not cancer. He's like, this is a cyst that has popped up. And he's like, it is, um, has everything to do with hormones. And the guy, you know, he basically was like, I'm going to encourage you to go to like one cup of coffee a day. And then he gave me some actual like supplement, like herbal supplement stuff, which was very Mm -hmm. surprising because he was a super, um, Western doc. And so I really appreciated the fact that he was like, you're 23, you're healthy. This is not normal. Like, I think that your hormone, it's your hormones. And uh, I was very impressed with him. His name was legit Dr. Gurley. That was his name. He was an OB <laughs> and his name was Dr. Gurley with a U, but still, I thought it was funny. He didn't laugh when I made that connection, but still. Um, so I, so that is when 
being the type A uh, person that I am, I just cut it, like cut it all out cold turkey. Cause I was like, well, if I can only have one, then why even have it? I just like cut it all out for almost nine months. And it was astonishing. Like after that essential, like hangover, I want to kill myself phase, which lasted for the first like 10 days ish. Um, the amount of energy and calm that I felt like I literally thought that my life was so much worse than it was because I was so jacked on caffeine all the time. Like I was buzzing all the time. I didn't realize how stressed out it made me. And I seriously think that I got like 80% less bitchy and was like, like all these things that I thought were my personality for like years. It was that I was over caffeinating yeah. myself like chronically. And I thought like I'd had people tell me they thought I had restless leg syndrome because I constantly like tapped and moved and all this stuff. And I didn't realize that I was extreme. I'm extremely sensitive to caffeine and I was like tweaking all the time for like years. So the lump went away. The uh, lesser parts of my personality also diminished, which was uh, wonderful. And I discovered matcha, which was magical and has continued to be a magical relationship since then. Um, but that didn't change the fact that, you know, I loved coffee. Like I was obsessed with it. I was like, it's delicious. I was nerdy about it. I loved all the like, you know, fair trade, ethically, you know, sourced coffees and all that stuff. Like that really made me happy. And so I would just add it back in for a little while. But then, I mean, even during pregnancy, like you're not supposed to have a lot of caffeine period. And I have been having, you know, a cup a day here and there. And then there would be weeks where I literally couldn't function and I couldn't stop crying and I couldn't get my shit together. And I was like, you know, like, I know I'm pregnant and there's a lot going on right now. I'm also going to cycle off of coffee for a couple of weeks and see how I feel. It always helps. It literally mm. always, always helps. So I've been doing a lot of like hot chocolate and stuff lately, like healthy hot chocolate, which has really helped. Um, but some of our favorite things, like they can be, they can be crutches to, to what's going on. But yeah, al alcohol is another one. Sugar is another one. Like these are all um, processed things, oils, hydrogenated oils and whatnot. Like these are all things that stress our adrenals and screw with our hormones. So if you are feeling like the tired but wired could potentially have like adrenal fatigue going on, um, definitely an elimination process of some of the adrenal stressors. And actually that's a safe place to go to Google. If you're just like foods that stress adrenals, they'll give you like a list of 10 things. It'll name pretty much the stuff that we just talked about. And you can start with those, like pulling those out and just see how that makes you feel. Um, but anyway, I, it's so easy to rant about those things. Like I love, <laughs> I love the connection between like our hormones and our body and our food and our environment and how each of those things like impacts us. Cause your, you know, your aunt Pat probably also stresses your, your adrenals. If you just went through Thanksgiving and you're feeling extra exhausted, it's because you had, um, emotional stressors as well. And that impacts your adrenals too. So. That's that's the thing is we have so much in our lives that can stress us. Um, that's especially this time of year. Uh, it's really like if you can eliminate something, do it. Um, you know, if you can cut back on the caffeine. And I will tell you a secret with cycling is if you do cycle, um, even just three days off of caffeine. Now, granted, if you've been drinking caffeine forever, yes, you should take like a longer break to really reset. But then if you kind of play with it, this is what I'll do a lot of times is I'll just take three days off. And that fourth day when you have like just a sip, you feel mm. amazing. It's a high <laughs> that you just can't replicate. So that's, there's the motivation to like sort of cycle on and off. Keep yourself so that you 
your adrenals are going to be more stimulated by coffee so that you don't need as much. You know, that's another sign that you have adrenal fatigue is if you, if you can drink like a triple espresso, you have adrenal fatigue. Yeah. Because, because normally it tastes like mud. It's not really pleasurable. Yeah. Like you're not doing it because it tastes nice or, you know, it's like you're doing it for the jolt. Like you're not there to have a good time. <laughs> and if you need like that much espresso for a jolt, then your adrenals are really kind of in the dirt already. I mean, for me, if I just had like one espresso right now, and I was a big coffee drinker. Yeah. I was a big coffee drinker. I took similar, I took six months off. Um, and then just kind of would cycle going on and off, have a little bit here and there. I drink now when I have coffee, I'll have some cold brew. I'm literally taking sips of it. Mm -hmm. Um, and when I get to the point of, I need to finish the whole cup in order to feel anything, that's my signal for me personally that, okay, I'm pushing it here. My adrenals are starting to get taxed. Um, so it's good to sort of recognize the quantity that you're drinking. Uh, but yeah, I agree. This is an easy one to go to Google for. And actually just for adrenals in general, obviously you want to see how you can reduce stress in life. That's important just for health in general. Any, any sort of health issue, number one is always stress. Looking at where you can control your stress, handle your emotions better, um, meditate, yoga, whatever mindfulness practice you need to like relieve that stress. Always, always going to be number one. I forgot where I was going with that. Oh, but it, you found your addition, train a lot faster than I do. <laughs> <laughs> it came back for her. Mine just leaves. <laughs> in addition, sorry. In addition, you can take, um, it's, this is a pretty safe thing to take is just, um, uh, adaptocrine herbs. So, uh, pretty much every adrenal formula is the same. Um, just make sure it doesn't have a bunch of crap in it. Uh, but there are so many different adrenal formulas on the market that's something you can safely take every day. It's not going to hurt you. You're not going to overdo it on it. So adaptocrine herbs just kind of help support your adrenals. Um, I might take more if I am sort of going through a really stressful day just to kind of give my adrenals a little extra love. Uh, B vitamins are a similar thing. And B vitamins are very helpful for hormones in general. Um, B6 and B12 in particular are very helpful for hormones. And B vitamins... I won't, B vitamins do tons in the body. I won't go into everything that they do, but we do tend to burn through them pretty quickly, um, especially if we are stressed. So they are one of the nutrients that even if you're getting enough of it in your diet, you tend to burn through it quickly. So if you are having a stressful day, chances are you burn through your B vitamins. Um, and one, they're very helpful for the adrenals. But two, they're also helpful for making things like progesterone. So you're getting a good amount of B vitamins in is a great way to help your adrenals and your hormones. So for anyone who is new to this whole like hormone naturopath, like kind of thing, can you name some of the adaptogens for them that would be good? Like, are you talking about ashwagandha or shisandra yes. berry or like, which ones are you like referring to? I usually to? do, do a blend. Yeah. So, um, one of my favorite formulas actually that you can get on Amazon is by Gaia herbs, mm -hmm. their adrenal formula. And so I like a blend of adaptocrine herbs. Um, Shaj oh God, I can never say it. Um, the, um, what you just said. I say Shisandra <laughs> Berry. I don't know if that's Shisandra, right or not. Like, I say Shisandra. It's, it's like Shisandra. It's like a fancy yeah. name. I, that, I don't think that's how you pronounce it. I just say it really fast. People are like, oh yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. 
So, and I, with any of those, like adaptocrine herbs, it's better to get like an adrenal formula instead of just trying to buy an individual herb um, because they do different things in the body from a Chinese medicine perspective. Mm-hmm. Some of them have different like temperatures. They, they describe herbs as being hot or astringent or bitter. Um, and so I personally like getting a blend instead of taking a lot of one in particular, just because yeah. it's, you so know, if you, so if you went and bought a five pound bag of something and you're like spooning it into your smoothies mm. and you're sweating out your armpits, it's probably because you're getting like too much of it. <laughs> it yeah. Like, like maca is a good one to mm. just add into like a smoothie or something like that, but you don't want to like, good for just, sex drive. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And you don't want to like just take tons of that though. Like, yeah. I think a lot of people actually rely on maca just for, because of the energy. sex drive, energy, adrenal support. It is great for that, but mm-hmm. it's, it's nice to get a variety. Yeah. And maca is one of the ones that I always make these, it sounds like jokes, but it's because it's something I've done before. Like that was one that I bought like in bulk and was like putting into stuff on a regular basis. And I started to run really hot and like mm-hmm. sweat. And I was like, oh, I'm getting a little bit much of this, I think. Yeah. It's like, it's a higher, uh, it produces heat in the body basically. So if you tend to already run hot or for like, I know I have to be careful with that one with my women who also who have adrenal fatigue, but are also going through menopause, Mm. you know, for them, it's like (laughs) (laughs) that herb, they really got to like, just do a nice balanced version, Mm -hmm. not tons. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and I, I feel like, um, just to wrap up our like adrenal, you know, portion and, and like, there can be too much of a good thing. Like, Oh, you can be over, you can get desensitized to things that are, that are helpful. And that is in, um, in medicine and health in your body. Uh, that's in sex. That's like, if you're using like the turbo 5,000 on your clit, like every single day, like it's going to get harder and harder to orgasm through other means. You know, you get less sensitive to things. And when you take a break for like a month and then you use it, it's like, Oh, damn, there she is. You know? So it's just, it's like along those same lines. So for people who are visual, you're welcome. That will hopefully help you, um, with the whole cycling of things and even the good things that we need to like take a little break from step back so that we can appreciate them, uh, in their highest quality form. And we're not just like reaching out for things because we're jonesing for it, but it's actually like giving us a benefit that goes beyond, um, you know, Drug and it, you know, a good way to like do that with cycling, um, especially those type of supplements is maybe taking weekends off. Um, like that's a nice way of like, if you're going to like Monday through Friday, take this and then take Saturday, Sunday off from it. Mm-hmm. It's giving, you want to like, you don't want your body to rely on anything. Um, there are certain things that obviously like we're just nutrient deficient in that we just don't get on our planet anymore. But in general, like you don't want it to get super dependent on one thing. So a lot of my clients will just sign up, cycle off on the weekends or like a holiday, a vacation, you know, instead of packing like all your daily supplements, like if you're on vacation, you probably don't need adrenal support. Mm. You know, that's yeah. like, go have fun. Don't worry relax. about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hopefully your relaxation is helping with your overtaxed uh, adrenal situation. Um, so while we're talking about hormones, the other one that most people have heard of, but still don't understand like how the fuck it works and why, or why not is estrogen. And especially in, um, younger women, a lot of young women are like, Oh, I think I have high estrogen or someone told me I have high estrogen. 
but they don't know what to do about it. And they don't like, that's a pretty common occurrence based on a lot of the soy based products and like ingredients that are in stuff and things that are going on um, in the world today. Could you speak just a little bit in general terms about um, estrogen and how one might like the signs that somebody is actually high in estrogen and then just supportive lifestyle supportive ways that we can improve that in our bodies? Yes. So estrogen in general is going to be your, between, uh, you have estrogen and progesterone. You need both. Estrogen is in general more of an inflammatory hormone. Still necessary for your body, but it tends to be more inflammatory, whereas progesterone is anti-inflammatory. So when we're looking at the female cycle, the reason why you have estrogen and progesterone is one, they play different roles, but two, progesterone kind of keeps estrogen in check. So the two issues we're having right now with estrogen dominance in our society is we have too much estrogen from our environment and too many things that diminish progesterone in our body. So not only are we getting in higher amounts of estrogen from different foods that we're eating, different soy-based foods, um, and being not even just soy, but just the hormones that are added to dairy products, to meat products, to those type of things. So this is goes beyond women. I have young, I mean, 14, 15 year olds, boys. Um, and I'm calling them boys because they are, their testosterone is in the dirt and their estrogen is sky high. They have an estrogen level that a teenage girl should have. Mm. And it's all diet. It's all environment. Um, even our body products. So, um, if you're not having like clean natural lotions, things like that, parabens, all those chemical things that we can't read on the our ingredient list and our shampoos and our conditioners and our skin, we absorb that. And that can turn into estrogen in our body. And estrogen where we have to be careful, especially women, is you can have estrogen driven cancers. Mm -hmm. So it's very much something to pay attention to. The other reason estrogen is higher is because progesterone is a little lower. So progesterone needs zinc, it needs B6, it needs really certain nutrients to get it to be at an efficient amount. Um, naturally, a lot of our diets are not giving us the amount of zinc and the amount of B vitamins that we need to produce it. And then you can also have candida, which is um, a fungus in the gut uh, that definitely is, has a big impact on your hormones. Uh, candida lives on sugar, it lives on, feeds on sugar, carbs, alcohol, all sorts of fun things to eat. Uh, candida can cause a lot of other issues in the body, which I won't get into. But one of the things that candida does is it actually feeds on progesterone. So it can really lower your progesterone. So a lot of times if we have an imbalanced gut, things like that, we will naturally have high estrogen, low progesterone. So you're going to have with that exaggerated PMS symptoms. Um, weight gain is more associated with high estrogen uh, and also kind of like a puffy weight gain. So it uh, tends to be more of, you are retaining more water with estrogen. That's one of the things, um, but it's more of like that puffy sort of fat that goes all over your stomach, your arms, um, things like that. In general, from an emotional perspective too, estrogen can cause a lot of depression. Um, you need any hormone if it's too high can cause an imbalance in depression or anxiety. Um, that's one of the things that estrogen can do as well. And 
it's just a cascade because it's hard to isolate estrogen because then you have all these symptoms from low progesterone. Right. And you're they're also they're have, like best friends yes. that have to stay yeah. in sync if one of them gets out of hand or, you know, it drops or jumps up or whatever. Like we have a disaster. I mean, so I you kind of have to talk about them together. And like in general, when I'm looking at a female cycle, if you're experiencing different things through the, through the month, whether it's emotional, whether it's weight gain, whether it's water retention, um, your typical PMS signs. Um, if you're having severe cramps, um, you know, heavy bleeding, a lot of this can just be from the imbalance between estrogen being too high and progesterone being too low. It's very rare that progesterone is more dominant than estrogen. Um, that's going to happen more. Um, that's when you get older. That's, uh, where you get into HRT therapy. That's a whole other thing to kind of keep track of. That's where I have a lot of women who have no estrogen and everyone just puts them on tons of progesterone. And now you have the same reversed imbalance, uh, not, not good. Uh, so, <laughs> but in general, that's, you know, our environment just is causing a lot of high estrogen. And if you had been on the pill, um, which I, I know a lot of us have been, you're naturally going to be higher in estrogen just from being on the pill. Um, and that tends to remain more dominant. It takes a long time to get your hormones balanced off after going off the pill. So for those of you who are listening to this and are freaking out because this is all new and you're like, Oh my God, there are so many potential things. And you think that, you know, you're probably dealing with some of this stuff. Um, Dr. Lauren, do you prefer blood or saliva tests to do a uh, hormone panel? Cause hormone panels are really easy to get so that you guys know where you are and to check your markers and give you a jumping off place. Which one do you like the most? So personally, I prefer saliva, especially for women. And I do recommend if you want to know where your hormones are at, if you just want to have a basic idea of what your hormones are doing throughout the month, you want to do a 30 day saliva panel. And the reason for this is saliva is going to measure what's actually active in your tissues. So when you do a blood test, it's like a discarded hormone. So it's not the most accurate measure of like what your hormones are actually doing because it's, it's like leaving like the after effect. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the saliva is going to measure what's happening, what's active and the 30 day part, which is a bit of a pain in the butt. I know for women, however, you have to think of your cycle as your levels when you're ovulating should be totally different than your levels when you are just about to get your period at the end of your cycle. So your progesterone and estrogen should be sky high during ovulation and they should be much lower right before then. And so when you're doing just a one day blood test or even a one day saliva panel, you're only getting, you're not getting a full picture. You can't really tell anything from that. Um, I have people all the time give me their blood tests. I'm like, it doesn't mean yeah. like, like the fact that your progesterone is decent here means nothing because yeah. that might've just been the one time it spikes yeah. during the whole month. Because you Googled a healthy range and it's like, oh, you're between yeah. nine and whatever. Like that doesn't, <laughs> it's not helpful. And you, and you really want to see how they're interacting. Mm. So what's beautiful with a, a 30 day saliva panel, which now I think a lot of companies are, you're able to do it on your own, mm -hmm. which is great. Um, you can see how estrogen and progesterone are interacting throughout the entire month. So you can see, are they crossing at the right point during ovulation? Because a lot of times they're not, I would say, ooh, at least half the panels I've seen, they're not even crossing. Mm. 
So if you're talking about fertility, wanting to get pregnant, you need the two of them to meet at the, in this one magical moment in the month, they got to meet. Because yeah. <laughs> don't important. you have to have a certain amount of progesterone going on during conception in order to hold on to a healthy pregnancy? Like some yeah. women who suffer from miscarriages, it's, it's because there's no progesterone to do its job. Like once the egg and everything connects that it like, can if you, you can don't you have enough why that is? Yeah. Yeah. Progesterone is necessary for keeping the baby in place for the first trimester. Mm -hmm. um, it has to be at a high enough level. And so if you're naturally, what happens a lot of times with miscarriages is if you're naturally running low, but you still have a little bit of a cross. So there's like, okay, you got pregnant you got that magic time, but then your progesterone drops back down. It's just not enough progesterone to hold a baby. Uh, which is a lot of times why if someone had one miscarriage during the second pregnancy, they will automatically put you on progesterone just mm -hmm. to make sure those levels are higher. Um, so it can be really helpful when you're looking at that saliva panel to know what your hormones are doing um, for women that have, and it measures your testosterone, which is important because testosterone is your magic with everything going on with estrogen and progesterone. We're talking about sex drive. That's testosterone. Now, for women, testosterone just tends to get buried under whatever estrogen and progesterone are doing. So um, estrogen can, too high estrogen can diminish testosterone. Um, obviously, we talked about the adrenals and the stress connection with it. But that'll also measure your testosterone throughout the month, which will be great. Um, it's just, that's where it's not, um, let me go back on that. So the one thing I'll say with a saliva panel is it's going to be the best way to get a good idea of what your hormone's doing. It is not perfect because we are women. We can have something else throw our hormones off. Um, obviously, if you took the test month to month to month, you would see a pattern. It wouldn't be identical. It would, but you would, have, you would start to see a pattern. And so it's enough to go off of. It's enough to be like, wow, I have really low progesterone or wow, my estrogen is like sky high. And then you can start to look at everyone's different with what they need to do for it. Um, I can tell you like for me personally, um, I tend to be a little lower in progesterone and uh, my estrogen's not as high as it used to be. So that's come down. I used to do um, some DIM support, which DIM helps to get rid of like sort of excess estrogens that you might be taking in the environment. Um, but in general now, my, um, my hormone protocol for myself, and this will change because our hormones change, but for right now, I'm doing like B6 and zinc just to support progesterone, and that's been working. Now, some women might need more. I have some women that do need a little progesterone cream, um, and you can sort of cycle on and off that. But uh, this is, I know it's a lot of information. I don't want to overwhelm people, but starting with a basic hormone panel, so you just know what you're looking at, then you can start to play with it. Yeah. You can get deeper and deeper into it. Um, yeah. And it, it is a process. Like you don't, I definitely didn't like wake up on my first day and like know all of these things. Like this has been, I like went down a crazy rabbit hole and like read a million books and listened to podcasts. And I'm on like the fifth year of like caring about this and following it and tracking it and paying attention to like what's happening in my body. And it, it's, it's definitely, but starting, I got excited and like just 
stepped over myself. <laughs> I'm like, I'm the only one talking and I'm interrupting myself. <laughs> I'm like, slow down, Kristen. Calm down. Hormones are exciting though. Um, <laughs> but the hormone panel is basically like the keys to the kingdom. It's not going to answer all of your questions. It's just going, I think it's going to clarify which question you need to ask next, which is yeah. really important so that you can find, you can start to tweak things a little at a time. And I can guarantee you that because of all the things we've talked about so far with just our environmental food, uh, relational, like all of the things that contribute to the hormone imbalances, a lot of us are chronically uh, uncomfortable and imbalanced. And so it will amaze you like what the tiniest tweak will do for you and like how much better you'll feel when you change anything. So don't get overwhelmed and feel like you have to go out and like order all these things and do all this stuff. Pick one thing and just focus on it and just go from there. Like take it a step at a time. So the other thing that, um, that we do here on the show, Lauren, is we do an asking for a friend segment. So today I didn't, uh, I didn't pick a card for hashtag asking for a friend. I'm just going to ask this for myself. Um, I'm, I'm (laughs) I'm the friend that needs help. So, um, at the time of this recording, I am still pregnant. You guys, uh, I actually went on like an almost hour long rant before we ever got to this conversation. And, uh, it feels like I should be like done, but I still have almost eight weeks to go. So I'll cry about that when we're done with the episode, but for now, so it's hormones are obviously all over the place. I was telling Lauren before the call that, you know, now that I'm pregnant, I actually feel really lost because I've spent all this time investing in my education and in my hormones and balancing them and understanding my body. And now I feel kind of like I'm in no man's land. The body's just, the baby's taking what she needs and I am pushed off to the side, have no clue what's going on. Um, I do plan to breastfeed. So that's another, you know, let's call it a year if all goes well, at least where I'm still going to be dealing with, uh, you know, ups and downs. For somebody who has just had a baby, how long would you wait before I take a saliva panel to try to get myself back on track to like take that first step to starting to get things back together? Like, what would you say? In general, I would say four to six months. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is, assuming that you're doing pretty well, assuming that you're not going into like a postpartum state where like we need to figure out what's going on now. Um, cause that can, that's very real for a lot of women Mm -hmm. and it can be very dangerous for a lot of women. So, um, you know, your hormones are going to change so much those first few months that a hormone panel is usually pretty silly to do Mm -hmm. then because you're just you're yeah. <laughs> not really gonna have a good grasp on it. It's just like, haha, just, just kidding. <laughs> yeah. And that's actually, I, I'll say the same thing to women if they're making a, um, if they're getting off the pill mm. or if they're making a big change, if they were on, um, if they were on HRT therapy and they're changing it, I always say kind of four to six months just because it will take a while for your body to find its own rhythm again. The best thing you can do is support your body nutritionally, support your adrenals give your body all the support that it needs to make hormones the right way and in a balanced way. Um, but yes, for you, I would say four to six months. Um, but if any mother is like going through postpartum, then it, if it's like an emergency postpartum, then get your blood test, do a one day panel, do what you need to do to figure out 
what your levels are immediately and you can do a longer one down the road. See if we're like Um, crashing somewhere or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's really, um, the big thing with hormones in general, just beyond sex drive is understanding how much they affect our mind, Mm -hmm. um, how much they affect our emotions, anxiety, depression, things like that. And we all experience, we usually all experience this if we have a typical PMS, um, which is normal. Like we should have a day where we're in a funk, um, where we're just, you know, questioning our entire existence. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't have a day of questioning your entire existence, um, something might be wrong with you. So might be wrong with you. You probably don't have hormones. Uh, (laughs) It's funny because I have a lot of women that when they're on the pill, they feel so level Mm -hmm. because they are so level in a sense. Now, not that it can still catch up with you, the pill depends on uh, the part of hormones that, oh God, we could go down a rabbit hole, but like, it also depends on how fast your liver is processing and detoxing these Mm. excess hormones out of your system. So estrogen in particular builds up, um, your liver, if it's working properly, is going to get that excess out of your body. But if it's bogged down with a bunch of other things, um, a bunch of other toxins in your body, things like that, that's where you go down the whole other path of detoxing, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's just important to understand that like we all metabolize hormones differently. That's one of the reasons why everyone's cycle is so different and everyone's experience can be so different. Um, but is one, so, one thing to look at. So like, you know, post-pregnancy as your body's recovering, you in particular, I know are going to have like the best nutritional support and adrenal support, um, for you, if you felt off, really off, then I would say, okay, definitely check out and make sure we don't have one hormone that's crazy out of whack right now. But in general, like if you're just feeling typical, this is, you know, newborn motherhood, like all, <laughs> everything that comes with it, which is not going to be a, you know, a walk in the park, you know that, yeah. but um, then you're good to wait for like six months because mm-hmm. a lot of it too is getting a new norm. Mm-hmm. So that you probably baseline. won't, yeah, you're not going to, most likely you won't go back to the same cycle you had before. Mm-hmm. Um, even for women that aren't having children, every seven years, typically every seven years, our hormones shift, which is mm-hmm. why you could be like 35 and have acne all of a sudden because your hormones just decided to do something totally different. And now you have a new baseline and now you have to figure out what that baseline is. <laughs> Keeps us on our toes. Well, isn't um, every, every seven years, like pretty much every single cell in your body turns over like yeah. every seven years. Right. So yeah. it's like, you're basically another person every mm-hmm. seven years. So you, if you guys really want to freak out, think about that. <laughs> Which is like a good thing and a scary thing. Which is a great thing, thing and a scary thing. Because it's like, okay, you can clean up yeah. so much in your body and have this like fresh start, mm-hmm. which is beautiful. Um, but it's just also knowing uh, for women in particular, it can just throw us for a loop because all of a sudden our period always did this mm-hmm. and now it's doing something totally different. And you're like, yeah. what? What is this? But yet again, this is because, and I, I somehow I always, I always end up, no matter what the topic is or who I'm talking to, I always end up saying this in every single episode we're cyclical creatures. Like things are meant to work in a cycle. Like we are connected to the moon and there are seasons and there are, you know, all of these different things that hormonally, like your body is doing something different every single week. Like we are meant to go in a rotation and that's why, you know, cycling 
supplements and foods and things that you enjoy and different types of sex and all of these different things. Like that's why that's so important because we're not meant to just run. We're not meant to like find our optimal settings and then just stay there forever and ever and ever. Like our bodies just don't function that way. Yeah. Um, I feel like we should come up with a nothing confidential drinking game. And, uh, for people who have fixed their adrenals because alcohol is really stressful on your adrenals. Um, <laughs> you can also use matcha if you want. I feel like every time as I've been listening back, I'm like, every time I say, uh, going down the rabbit hole, every time I, t- every time I talk about cycles, uh, every time I compare something totally normal and holistic to, um, masturbation, uh, you know, there's, there should just be a list of things so that people can, can be interactive. <laughs> I love that. Yes. A matcha, matcha shots. Matcha shots. Yeah. Wheatgrass <laughs> if you guys want to. Um, oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> it, it actually is. It's really funny because I have had such a hard time since being pregnant. Like so many of the things that I did before pregnancy, just like I cannot, the thought of them makes me gag. And so a friend of mine um, sent my husband home with a huge bag of like wheatgrass, these organic like wheatgrass shots, like that frozen in individual packets. And she was like, cause she knows, she's like, oh, Kristen, I love these. And so I sent them home and they're just sitting in my freezer. It looks like the most disgusting pile of swamp ice I have ever seen. And Mike was like taking them the other day. He's like, you want one? And I was like, no, no. Like I can't bring myself to do it. Like I just, I can't, I'm not there yet. Not there yet. And it's crazy. Pregnancy has has done some interesting things to my to my taste buds and my smell and all of that. But you know, Lord willing, we'll get back to wheatgrass shots eventually. <laughs> you will. Oh man. All right, Lauren. Well, I do not normally do um rapid fire questions or anything. This is a total free for all. However, I have decided that I'm gonna ask you two questions before we go. The first one is if you could give just one piece of health advice to a girlfriend, just one, what would it be? Uh, gut health, mm. which is one piece of advice that's literally a million pieces within that. Yeah. Yeah. I say that because the gut, even when we talk about hormones, mm-hmm. It, it's everything. This guy controls our mind. It controls our immune system, obviously it controls digestion, but it, it also controls our hormone receptor sites. Um, and so it's kind of the source. When I, when I look at uh, treating anyone for anything, we start there because whether they think they have gut issues or not, if there's something off with you, go to your gut first. Mm. That's that. my number one. I will link the, uh, the gut health, the gut cleanse in, uh, in the notes, in the show notes. I'll also go back and I will make sure that you guys have all of the links to any of the supplements or anything else that we randomly mentioned and threw out in conversation. I'll be sure and put those there so that you can look into them for yourselves if you would like. And the second question is if you could give a girlfriend one piece of sex advice, what would it be? Learn your own body. Amen. (laughs) Know what works for you from a physical and emotional and mental, you know, which is something you talk about a lot, but like, how do you want to be kissed? How do you want sex to be initiated? Um, What stimulation works for you? You kind of have to, and you're not going to know unless you kind of experiment, but um, learning that can 
that changes everything. Because you also can't communicate to a partner what you want if you don't know what you want. And yeah. that's, that's something that I harp on and often. to be like a little, I mean, my second piece of that is I think people are so maybe scared to experiment or express those things because so serious like why what sex is always so serious and I'm like we laugh all the time like I totally think we should be laughing more oh, um, thousand percent sex and having fun and keeping light with it like no one really knows what they're doing like that's just that's all it's no. a very awkward weird no. thing right like I mean so <laughs> like let's just like be a little more like light-hearted and laugh with you know your sexual journey well there are only two responses to an audible queef in the middle of sex like you either (laughs) laugh and you keep going or you stop and have a really awkward like encounter and then like go on with your lives and try to pretend it didn't happen it's much easier if you just laugh like have to laugh yeah Yeah. (laughs) most of the time it just means you're getting it really good anyway so Everyone just needs to get a little more comfortable with the fact that sex is down and dirty and sometimes it's gross and it's just, it's part of the experience. Like it's not meant to be a clinical, pretty, tidy situation. Like that was not what it was intended for. No. No. (laughs) Well, Lauren, thank you so much for coming and nerding out with me about hormones and all of the other things. Um, I so appreciate you. And I will definitely, um, do you guys have anything else to, that's going on or coming up that we need to talk about? I know you did mention, this is the, this is the last thing I want to talk about really fast, you guys. So they, you guys have a complete, um, biotic that you, a complete probiotic. Is it, it, you call it biotic probiotic. because it's prebiotic and it's basically, so it's not a probiotic right. or a prebiotic. We call it complete biotic just so people understand us to do with the gut, to be honest. <laughs> You're like, biotic <laughs> is, is just the tie yeah, to the gut. Just the tie. Yeah. Tell them um, what that is and they, it's going to be back and available soon. It has, it ran out, but it's coming yeah. back. Tell them why it's cool and why they should care about it. Cause I'm going to link that to you and I'm going to give me some as well. <laughs> I'll, I'll give the quick speech on it. So yeah. um, it is uh, an ingredient called butyrate and Uh, butyrate in the form of tributyrin specifically. It's a special form of it. And butyrate is basically the thing that kind of is in charge of your gut. So all um, probiotics in your body actually produce butyrate. Like the reason why probiotics are good for you is because they make butyrate. It's kind of the end result. Um, It's technically called a postbiotic. That's like the technical name for it. It's a technical term. It's a postbiotic. postbiotic. And it's uh, one of the main things is it's in charge of your gut lining. So when we talk about things like leaky gut, inflammation in the gut, it's literally the thing that makes up and repairs your gut lining. Um, It's huge for lowering inflammation in the gut and uh, for preventing cancer in the gut. Um, but beyond that, now they're doing brain studies with it. It's amazing for like Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, ADHD, um, tons of immune studies with it. It's kind of like, it's an ingredient that you're, it's something that's in your body already. We just don't tend to have a lot of it. And it stimulates uh, more of it. Yeah. So we literally just deliver it right into the small and large intestine Mm -hmm. where you need it. Um, and yeah, it's been like a 20 year in the making product. (laughs) It's been a long time. And, uh, yeah, as, as this comes out, we will definitely have more in stock. Um, it's kind of a crazy thing because we threw it on the market, didn't advertise it, didn't do any social, nothing. Literally, I just threw it out there being like, let's see. 
Um, and it just took off like crazy. Mm -hmm. And then it's been, we're just trying to keep up and we're keeping up. We have more coming. (laughs) So there'll be, um, but yeah, it's, it's, um, so good. If you have any gut issues, that's like my number one. Could they, can it replace, like, could they not take a probiotic? Yeah. You don't really need it. Really? Yeah. So like after you do, cause I love, especially like if you're not already taking something to support your gut, it's like whenever you go and you have to do like a round of antibiotics for something horrible or whatever, and you need to like repopulate everything, this would be a great thing to jump on yeah. afterwards to get everything back to speed. Yeah. It's pretty much takes care of balancing the microbiome and yeah. is, is pretty much in charge of it. Yeah. <sighs> They're so smart. Brilliant. Good stuff. Brilliant good. people. Great yeah, stuff. So that's what we've been in. I'll link that's that too. <laughs> you guys are going to yeah. want that. Yeah. She's beautiful. She's smart. She's all the things. Lauren, thanks for being here. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank we'll you. hang out again soon. Hey, Thank you so much for hanging in there and listening with an open and curious heart. I hope this conversation has inspired, educated, and entertained you, or at the very least, shaken things up in a productive way. Ann Voskamp says that shame dies when stories are told in safe places. So please share, rate, and review. Sending you love and dark chocolate. Talk soon.